We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms. I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, welcome back. Got the new year rolling in here. How's it going? It's going well. Yeah, getting closer and closer to pitchers and catchers reporting. Once the new year hits, you're just starting to count down the days to February. Yeah, I, I meant to, now, you, now you bring that up. I meant to bring that up last podcast. Kind of forgot about that. Forgot to give the countdown. We'll start. I guess I can start doing that days until pitchers and catchers report. I think, I think they report on the 14th of February. So, wow. Like I'm almost a month away now, huh? That's mm-hmm. crazy. There's so many spots to fill. So many, so many different spots to fill. We will talk about that here. But first, just want to thank everybody so much for watching um, and contributing to this podcast here. The first thing we're going to talk about comes off a YouTube comment. So I'm extremely excited to talk about that. Just a question somebody had, and I think it might spark some spark some interest here. Nate, I know you don't read our YouTube comments, but I do. I read every single one of I read them from time to time, just not as much as you do. Yeah, I, I read them I read them all the time. So, I mean, again, if anybody had questions um, or anything like that, you know, topic ideas, drop them in YouTube comments or, you know, we get a lot of messages on um, Twitter X as well. So, yeah, you know, if anybody ever had questions or comments or, you know, just drop it and we'll more than likely talk about it. So, but thank you so much for watching and listening here. Go ahead, subscribe, uh, hit, hit the, hit the bell. Um, if you're, if you're watching, so you guys know when we're dropping them, I'll let you guys know. I know we're coming in here on a Tuesday starting next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, be fantastic. Already got, um, we're going to get a bunch of guests coming on and, you know, different people and things like that to, to talk some angels baseball with us. Um, but first, before we get going, Give us a minute to pay the bills. I pulled a Derek there. Give us a minute to pay the bills. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, let's get it rolling here, Nate. Let's get it rolling. What's, uh, I got a good one for you. I got a good one. This one comes from follower of, of the show. And he asks, why is it good to build up the middle? Uh, okay. Ooh. See, it's, fun. it's is, a fun question, right? Yes, this is fun for me. Um, I think it's fun for you as well. Just there's so many different ways you can take this. Um, you take this from a scouting perspective. You take this from a coaching perspective. You take this from a, uh, hey, since, a any different. Since, since you're a coach, college coach, take yeah, from coach. college coach, you, you take it from. I'll take it from that, the scout. That's one of the ways that I would take this from yeah. a college coach. Um, so part of the reason you build up the middle, right? The most important places to your team, pitcher, catcher, shortstop, center field. Those are the guys that you are counting on. You're counting on your shortstop to be your best athlete. Um, defensively in the infield, he is the captain of the infield. You're looking at your center fielder to be the captain of the outfield you're looking at your catcher to be the captain of the whole team the guy who's going to be able to see everything and then obviously the name of the game is pitching you you don't win anything without pitching so um part of the reason you build up the middle is because those guys typically tend to be the most athletic players on the field as well shortstop center field um catcher even actually is is typically one of the best athletes on the team and then everyone jokes and says pitchers aren't athletes, but you look at it and the pitchers, what pitchers have to do is like ridiculous. So coming from two um, pitchers. Yeah. Also coming from two pitchers. But um, so when you, when you think about things like that, who are the easiest guys to move, right? Like if you have a soup, if you go get two short stops and you have super, super athletic guys, who is the easiest guy to move to second base? A shortstop, right? It's a lot harder to teach a first baseman who doesn't move his feet as well. Usually a bigger guy, a uh, little bit harder to move him to second or third. Uh, third baseman, another bigger guy, typically you're moving him to first at best, but it's still not an easy transition. So I think that's one of the reasons you like to build up the middle because it helps your team uh, athletically because they can typically play all over the diamond. The other, the other thing that it helps with is it just helps with leadership. 
typically um, center fielder, shortstop, catcher have really good leadership traits. That's not how it works everywhere. Just because you play center field, just because you play shortstop doesn't mean you're a good leader. But typically those positions come with really good leadership traits. So when you're looking at up the middle, it's athleticism, it's traits that um, leadership um, and things like that. And then I think the the most important thing is typically those are the smartest guys on the field. Everyone up the middle is typically the smartest guys on the field because they have to deal with everyone else's position. As a shortstop, you have to know where the second baseman and third baseman have to be on things. As a center fielder, you've got to know where the outfielders have to be. Um, as a catcher, you have to know everyone's position. And as a pitcher, you have to know where you have to be on all these things. So I think that's why you build up the mill for me personally is because super easy to move guys, uh, typically really, really smart, typically really good leaders and typically easily easy to uh, play multiple positions. Yeah. And this is something that the angels haven't done a lot of in the past. Um, when, when you look at it, no. when they built corners, they built, they built corners out. I was going to say when, when the corners in, excuse me. When the Angels are good, though, up they're good up the middle. I I, I personally think when the Angels are a good team, they built they've been built up the middle. Um, you think about the early um, even two thousand two, like they were really good up the middle. Up like the middle, Benji yeah. Molina, one of the best catchers in baseball. You can joke about how slow he was, but he was a really good catcher. He understood the game. He was a really good leader. You had Eckstein, who was that guy who just kind of did his thing, but another good leadership guy, able to do the little things. You had Kennedy, and then you had Erstad, who top pick in the draft, one of the best players in, in Angels history during that time. Uh, and then you start to build everyone else out where you have Kennedy and then you have Salmon and Anderson and guys like that. That team was built up the middle and and out. And I think that's that was huge for them. Yeah, and I was going to – my example was going to be the late 2000s. You had Ibar and uh, Howie Kendrick up the middle. Um, trying to, who do you have in center field? I mean, you had a you had a plethora of guys. Hunter Torrey, was I, in there. Oh, I'm just going to give you Tory. I'll just say Tory Hunter up okay. up the middle in center field, and then behind the plate you had. I mean, everybody will laugh, but you got had guys like um, Mike Napoli and uh, Jeff Mathis, Bobby Wilson. By by the way, Jeff Mathis was a, had a 15 plus year career, um, one of the best defensive catchers of all time, and there's a reason why he continued to get jobs. Um, same reason why Kurt Suzuki continued to get jobs too, right? Like that's, it's, it's very, very similar um, leadership qualities. Bobby Wilson's now the, uh, I think he got a world series ring. I think he was coaching. He was a catching coach for the uh, Texas Rangers last year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, and Mike Napoli is a first base coach. I mean, you, you look at good teams and they're, they're good up the middle. Um, now from a scouting perspective, you already, you, you brought it in um, from a coaching perspective as well, but it's very, it's, it's, it's safer to, I don't know. I don't want to say if it's safer, but it's it is a little bit safer, I think, to draft up the middle. You're able to move those guys from a scouting perspective. You can, you, yes, like Mike Trout was a shortstop in high school, right? He's not a shortstop, um, and he's he's not a shortstop. He wasn't a shortstop. You could tell that from a scouting perspective, but because of how athletic he was, yes, he could play shortstop in high school. He can play, you know, center field. He could, he could, he could. Mike Trout could play multiple other positions if you wanted to. I'm sure he's he probably, a pitcher as well. Yeah, he, he could pitch as well, but. Um, from a scouting perspective, it is just that that's just, I think it's safer to build that way, especially from the draft. And especially for us, why I don't want to say like, I'm, I know you don't, didn't like Nolan Shanwell. Um, I'm fine with Nolan Shanwell, not at that price, but for me, and I I've said this before and I will always say, I will never draft a corner. I will never draft 
a first baseman. I'll say that. I'll never draft a first baseman. But you're okay with the pick. Um, I'm okay with the pick. I'm not okay with the money that they gave Shanwell. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'm live, not okay. I'll, live, I'll 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 live by that no, one. I'm okay no. with Nolan Shanwell. He's a fantastic player. Um, I, I think you had a better opportunity to build up the middle by drafting exactly. a guy like Jacob Gonzalez, who who is one of my favorite players in the draft. Um, he was a guy who who could have easily moved a third, or if he came out and just played out of his mind, it makes it easy to be like, well. Zach, like you're a little banged up. We're going to call up Gonzo. He's going to play shortstop. And now all of a sudden you have a problem and it's the best problem to have. You have Jacob Gonzalez, who it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's playing really good shortstop. He's hitting. Oh, and we also had Zach Neto, who we called up earlier, who played really, really good. So now you have two shortstops and it's like, hey, now I can slide Zach over to second or I can slide Gonzo over to third. And you have a really, really good problem. Instead, you draft the first baseman and say, we're all about filling needs, not filling long-term teams. And so that, that's why I, I have the issue with it, because I think there's a guy who potentially uh, has a chance to be a better player long-term, especially for this team, rather than drafting a first baseman who right now first basemen aren't even a, 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 a premier position. Like you're you're looking at guys playing first base and it's like, mm, he was a failed catcher. He moved to first base or He's an old third baseman. We're moving into first. You're not seeing legit first baseman like we were in the early 2000s, where it was you just name off these guys, and it's like, oh my gosh, Todd Helton is a borderline Hall of Famer. McGuire is a borderline Hall of Famer, and and the list went on and on and on with how many good first basemen there were. It's a different time now. There's not as many legit first basemen as there were back in the day. Yeah, no, and I I get that. You didn't draft for need though. That's the thing with Shanwell. You drafted the hit tool. Um, you which, drafted for need though too. Oh no no you're never drafting you're never drafting. Hey, for need, I can guarantee you you, you, you can't drafting. tell me that because what has been one of your biggest arguments for for what we've done this offseason? Well, if there was a first baseman in AAA, we didn't have one until we got uh uh Alfonso um and we got um the the Mariners kid White, Evan White. Like you you've been talking about how there's no first base depth on, on this roster. It, 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 it was really bad. I, I'll, they didn't. The Angels did not take Shanwell because they needed a first baseman. I guarantee you that. I, I 100%. I'm sure that was a big part of it. No, no, no shot. No, I'm sure no it was shot. a big part could, of it. There's no way you could have you could have guaranteed Nolan Shanwell being up this year. Um, I'm just just yeah. saying. Like I don't he, know. If you look at the way Perry drafts, he drafts for the guy who's going to get to the big leagues the fastest, and then that fits an immediate need. That seems to be the way he goes about it, and it it killed both birds with the, with the one stone. Yeah, I, I I disagree, but I mean that that for from a scouting perspective, you're never drafting need, especially in you would hope players. not. You're you're never drafting for need. Um, you would hope not. With with that being said, though, one other one other point. Again, you look at what the Angels have done in past um, in past years and how they're building. Um, I will put like an exclamation point on Anthony Rendon because he was a shortstop. And that's why it's no, good to not to counting that. Play. That's that's fine. I, no, I know. I, I know. like you. You signed a third baseman that was a third baseman. You did. Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. Same I, thing. You signed I, a first baseman who was a first baseman. Yes. Like they. That's why I said the Angels have been building corners in instead of middle out. And that's typically the way that the good teams do it. You see it's, the it's the middle out. middle out. Yeah. And, and like. You you go go look at the really really good teams right now. The Atlanta Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr. was a center fielder that moved towards to right because 
they needed a right fielder. They had Dansby Swanson up the middle. Uh, they had Ozzie Albies up the middle. They go get uh, Sean Murphy to really build that up the middle part. And now you can go start to build outside where it's like, oh, hey, what do we need? Oh, we have Austin Riley. Great. We have a third baseman. Great. We have Matt Olson. Um, you look at what the Yankees are trying to do right now. The Yankees are doing the same exact thing that we're preaching that the Angels should be doing. They're going and saying like, hey, all our kids are up the middle, guys. Dominguez is a center fielder. You might not think he's a center fielder long term, but he's he's at least a center fielder for the next five, six years. Um, you look at Volpe. Volpe's a shortstop. You have um, Oswaldo, is it Peraza, who's a up the middle guy. He's a shortstop. Right. He's probably going to move to second or third. Mm-hmm. Like Labor Torres, ex-shortstop, moved to second. Um, all, all these guys are up the middle and then they're able to move off of, off of shortstop. And I think that's one thing that the angels haven't really done a good job of is we'll just go get guys that play corners and hope that they can stay at corners as long as, as our contract is for these guys. And that typically doesn't happen. And that's why I love the, the up the middle guys the most, because w- what happens if a guy can't play shortstop in five, six years, he can play second. Because he's going to be athletic enough and and good enough to be able to play second for for the the last three or four years of his contract or or however long the contract is compared to a guy like Albert Pools, where is Albert going to move to? DH. Okay, that that doesn't help the roster. Where's Anthony Rendon going to move to? Maybe he moves to first, but that still doesn't really solve a problem. Like maybe he moves to DH. Like yes, I know he played second in college. I know he hey, played third in college. That- that's why but, I bring it. I, I know you you said exactly why I said Anthony Rendon is kind of that outlier. But, yes, he's with the yes he's a third baseman with the Angels now, but and he was a third baseman with with Washington as well. And I know he played you know, second base at Rice stopped, and things you know, like second that. Second baseman, yeah. But but like you're not projecting him to move to second at the latter half of his career. Like that's the difference between shortstops and second basemen, where it's like. This second baseman, you don't typically see. I think DJ Mayhew is one of the one of the guys that comes to mind. That's like, well, he he was a second baseman and moved to first. Most second basemen stay at second base their whole career. DJ is the one outlier because he is six four, and typically your second baseman aren't six four. Um, same thing with shortstops. You see them move to second, just like um, Javi Baez made as and Russell move over. And guys like that, they they do a really good job of like, wow, we just have so many up the middle athletes that whoever the youngest best athlete is is going to play short. We'll just slide the other guy to second, or we'll slide the other guy to third. Like people think that Corey Seager could end up doing, which that was another reason to get Corey Seager because you knew that he was going to stay up the middle a long period of time. Yeah, and I mean that. So, so the final point of this, and thank you, Kyle, for this question because it's actually um, brings up a lot of a lot fun of- for me. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's good from the scouting standpoint because that's what I that's what I look for when when I'm going out scouting. It's like you're looking up the middle talent. It's like yeah, especially with the we're gonna have international talk talk. Bring Taylor Ward, Taylor Blake Ward on, and he'll uh, he'll talk some international with us here pretty soon. But um, but yeah, you, you're looking up the middle um, always. And in to finish this off, the Texas Rangers did it really well. <laughs> you know, they went up and they got Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, two up the middle guys. Josh Jung was a shortstop in college, uh, their third baseman, by the way. Josh, Josh Jung was a third baseman in college. No, he was not. He was a shortstop his first two years. They moved him to third his his go. last year before, and he started to go off. And But he was a shortstop the first couple of years of his college career. So it was Anthony Rendon. 
different, different. All right, all right, all right. On to, on to another conversation. But thank you, Kyle, for that question. Fantastic. If anybody has any other questions, drop them in the comments down below. More than happy to answer them for you if you're watching us here on YouTube. If you're listening to us, go follow us on YouTube and drop a comment. So um, last order of business that I want to talk about here, and because it's not a lot of news going on, it's 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 slow, it's slim pickings. Um, but next podcast, we'll talk Hall of Fame. So we'll, we'll get into that then. I did want to talk about it. But this one, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, both have been pushed towards, I don't want to say linked, really, but like pushed towards the Angels. I feel like MLB is pushing Push towards some links. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll let you kind of take this away. We had some comments on, on Twitter about it today. Um, mm-hmm. But it's probably a good thing the Angels are quiet right now because when the Angels are linked to those big names, it means that, at least for us, it means that agents are pushing the angels on their players and trying to get more money from other teams, which is a good thing. And which is one reason why I think the Yankees are getting pushed on to Blake Snell a little bit right now too. I think the Yankees seem to be a desperate team and they're not really that desperate. When you look at them, um, they could use another pitcher, but I don't think they're desperate. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things I don't think that Blake Snell is a Yankee. I don't think Blake Snell is an angel. I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I, I'd be surprised if, if he was one of those two, I think that there's other teams looking at him, other teams that want him. Um, and I'm one of those guys, at least Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery with the how amount of money they're going to get. I'm completely not in on either one of those guys. And I don't know if you have any, any say in that. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees go get Montgomery or snow. I think they're looking for another guy to kind of cement that rotation. That rotation is very top heavy. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, who the, the big question mark for us last offseason, does he stay healthy? Didn't really stay healthy his first year. And then you have, um, you, you've got a couple kids in that rotation and, and you have Nestor Cortez where it's like, eh, he had one good year and he had one bad year. So you, you just really don't know. Um, and the Yankees, they know when they've been good, they've had three legit starters. Like you, you think about when they had CC Sabathia and AJ Burnett, um, and I'm blanking on who the, the kid was on that team, but they they had, like, when they were really good, it was three-man rotations in the postseason, and it was legit. And I think they're searching for that guy. Um, they were in on... They were in on... Um, Yamamoto. I, I think, yeah, they were in on Yamamoto. I don't think they went as high as everyone else, obviously, the years and the money, but they were in on Yamamoto. Uh, so I think they are searching for one more guy. Um the one thing that is kind of interesting for me with Blake Snell and the Yankees, Blake Snell pitched really, really good with Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, ex-Yankee. I could see a reunion of Gary Sanchez, Yankees, um, to kind of help the the young kids mature because they, they are going to have a young kid behind the dish most likely this year. Um, and then to have Blake Snell with that staff it would be really left-handed, but if you think about it in that ballpark, you want to be you you would rather be left-handed pitching-wise because you don't want the righties be, being able to hit the ball 245 feet to right field for a homer. So, yes, the righties can still do that too, but the lefties are the ones that are going to hit the the cheap pull home run. So, it, it would make a little bit of sense for the Yankees to go after Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, um, angel-wise. I think the Angels, there was actually a comment on, on X today from someone that said, is it possible the Angels are in on a lot of these guys because they want to say, hey, at least we tried. 
we we aren't going to get any of these guys, but you can't get mad at me because we tried. And I think that, that was Brian M on X. And, you know, honestly, wouldn't shock me if that that's the way the Angels went about this because already, you know, already and Perry, they, they need to be in this this hunt because they know they need starting pitching. But we know Artie doesn't really push the starting pitching market. So I could easily see that being the case. Um, I also, we've heard so much so much from Perry saying, this roster is pretty good. We like the roster. I don't think there's going to be any major, major pitching changes unless you see a trade. Once you see the trade, then I think it starts to open things up for a Blake Snell, a Jordan Montgomery, uh, an Amanga, those type of guys that the Angels could go after. Um, but but you're going to have to see a Griffin Canning, a Tyler Anderson, or a, a Patrick Sandoval get dealt for that to even be a question because supposedly the Angels are are uh, are signing Zach Plezak. We'll know more probably tomorrow is what it sounds like from, from Murray. He said that he's got his physical and everything, and we'll see the number. Hopefully that number is low is what, what's being reported. So, that seems to be the way the angels are going. It's like, Hey, we're kind of good with what we have. We have please Zach. Who's going to going to push for a rotation spot. If not, he's going to go to the minor leagues. Um, and we're just going to be okay with being average at the starting rotation. I think it's below average. Honestly, uh, it's a, it really is a below average rotation. There is no like convincing me it's average or, or above average. Um, so I don't think the Angels are actually going to make a big pitching move unless you see a Patrick Sandoval or Tyler Anderson trade or even a Griffin Kenny trade. Um, but but the Angels need a lot of help, and they they really need to be open to all the, every avenue, whether it's center field, whether it's second base, whether it's shortstop, whether it's, um, whether it's corner outfield, whatever. Um, the Angels just need a lot of help with this roster. So I, I think that they're just casting a wide net and hoping that somebody, somebody's willing to take a little bit less to play for the Angels. And, and I think that's kind of where they're at. It's like, well, we'll show some interest in Snell. If he'll take five for, for 20 a year, great, we'll sign him. And we all know Blake Snell's not signing five for 20. Um, or or we'll sign Jordan Montgomery at five at 20. Would he take that? Probably not. And, and I think they're just kind of saying like, hey, we're we're in this, we're in this just kind of lowballing everyone because they, they don't really want to do anything major to the pitching staff. Offensively, you know they want to do some things, but which way are they going to go? Are they going to go the DH way, which I think would be a big mistake, whether that's Jorge Soler or J.D. Martinez? Are they going to go with a corner outfielder who's really not a good defender, like let's say Oscar Hernandez or a Jock Peterson? Or are they actually going to build up the middle like we've been talking about, go get a guy like Cody Bellinger and, and move uh, Trout to a corner? And then now you could even trade Taylor Ward and, and get another starting pitcher. So I think you're really waiting on the outfield market before you even see a big name like Blake Snell or, or Jordan Montgomery and it become a realistic option for the Angels. Yeah, um, looked it up, by the way. 2009, Sabathia Burnett Pettit was the other guy there in yeah. Java. Jabba Chamberlain came on strong there at the end. But Jabba pitched out of the pen, right? He was starting that year. He was in starting. the postseason? 
I believe. Because they only won three. They only won three. Man, CC threw on three days rest every single time. Yeah. Well, yeah, CC CC was a different beast that year. But I mean, they had a, they had other guys. That, I mean, Phil Phil Hughes made some starts. I would assume he made some starts. He down the, he went to the pen probably. Yeah, down down the stretch. Uh, Sergio uh, Mitri made some starts. Qingming Wong was not very good. Made some starts. And then Chad Godan made some starts as well, but yeah, no, you just mentioned it. Like that's a, that's a three man rotation in the playoffs and you ride that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, by the way, uh, five for 20 for Jordan Montgomery for me is, is even too much. I'm not, I'm oh, I, big... I wasn't, I wasn't even saying oh. that I would do that, but I'm, I'm thinking she thinks he's getting 25. Yeah. I am. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I would, I wouldn't do it. I can't do that for, for Jordan Montgomery. Um, I, and I have 20, 20 a year for Snell. Absolutely. But like, I, he doesn't do that. So, um, it's, it's tough also. I mean, that makes Angel super left-handed. Like it's as weird as that sounds. I'm not, I don't know if I'm in on the super lefty. I know, I know that I preached it last year. I think it's harder to hit lefties at Angel stadium and mm-hmm. there's something to it. Um, and I know we talked to, we talked to Joe Adele and it's, he, he I mean, we talked to him. Off he the didn't mention he, anything about that. He don't know. He didn't mention anything about hitting lefties, but he did mention it's tough to play the outfield in at Angel Stadium, and it's it's not an easy it's not easy to see um, at Angel Stadium. Which, from an outfield perspective, different from a hitter off a lefty. We know we know it's tough to hit as a lefty there. It's been it's it's been mentioned. The Angels have made changes and mm. stuff to hit against lefties there. Um, sure, the Angels made changes sure. in the outfield. The Angels made changes in the outfield so that righties, the Angels righties could see better. So um, against left-handed pitching a couple of years ago. So um, I. I I don't know. I'm not in on either one of those guys at the price that they want. And also, like I said, for me, this next season, 2024 for, for the Angels, like I, I, I'm, I'm setting expectations very, very low because, you know, not because Shohei Otani left, but because of what the Angels have done in the past. Plus, they haven't added anybody. So you lose Shohei Otani, you lose your best player, and you expect to be better. It's 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 tough. You know, possible. I, it's it is possible, 100. Like you go to a five man rotation, I. I I totally get it. You get the media out of the clubhouse. Like you have a new manager in Ron Washington. You you have a new pitching coach. You have a whole new staff in there. It's possible. Definitely is. But um, to think that you're going to be better is, is very tough, but I think they do. I think they beat Vegas. I think a lot, like if you're going to go make bets, go make bets on the angels winning more than you know, being a 500 team or whatever. Like, because <laughs> I think they have a better chance of being a 500 team than they do of, of losing a hundred games, which I think a lot of teams are, a lot of people are pegging them as a hundred loss team. It feels like right now. So, um, but yeah, I'm not in on signing that big dude, that big guy. Um, it's, if it's Snell, if it's Montgomery only because I don't think the windows open this year in 2024. I, I really don't. I don't think this is the year for them to win. I think they could be a 500 team. I do. Um, but I don't think that they, I really don't think that, that they can, that they're going to go out there and win this year. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I really do. But you look at 2025, you look at the team that they're, that they're building right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, we talked about it. They're building up the middle. They, they have a strong, strong, young core. Um, that seems to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what, um, what continues to happen with this, with this, with this team and see if they can make make some trades to get even younger. And we talked about maybe trading a Taylor, Taylor Ward, trading a Patrick Sandoval, trading Griffin Canning guys that, that might not fit that window. Um, or even last podcast, we talked about extending guys. So, um, it's, I, I'm intrigued. I just, I, I'd like to see them build for 2025 and beyond. So with all that being said, thank you all so much for watching and listening here at talking halos. Again, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching us on YouTube, go ahead, hit the bell as well. So, you know, when we're dropping podcasts, remember starting next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can follow all of us on social media. Just look up talking halos. You can follow myself on X at Jared underscore Tim's Nate. Nate Green 34 guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.